Hi and welcome to the next episode of the $5 million project. So in this one what I'm going to talk to you about is the time period from February to about the end of May. Um, and during this time two key things happened. One, we got the company properly established and the second one we built the scope. So scope the product in such detail that it could be effectively coded and, and made into a product itself. So today what I'm going to talk to you about is the first part which is getting the company set up. Now for people that are already in business a lot of this is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but if you're not in business and you're thinking about going into business, there's some really important stuff here that enables you to, I guess, fast track or skip forward um, quite a few steps. Um, otherwise, you're just going to end up making sort of the same mistakes I made when I first set up a business. So I'm going to talk about technology. I'm going to talk about shareholder agreements. I'm going to talk about um, file management. I'm going to talk about company setup, uh, registration for tax numbers, that sort of stuff. So if we start at the very top, we start with technology. Now, I think it's really, really important to decide what technology you're actually going to work on before you get started. I'm not necessarily talking about what you're going to code on. It's more what you're going to manage all your documents and your files on. Obviously, historically, it was very uh, self-explanatory. You would open up your PC or Mac and you'd save all your folders straight onto your desktop and there they would be. Um, clearly, if there was an issue, um, you could quite easily lose those folders or files. More recently, everyone's been using the clouds. You've got applications like Dropbox, you've got Google Drive, you've got OneDrive, you've got SharePoint. And any one of those is pretty good for file management. And it means that it's very, very hard to lose things. It's all stored in the cloud. And you can access it and you can share it with the team. The problem comes when you're trying to figure out what combination of these systems uh, that you're actually going to use. So you could use Dropbox and Microsoft. You could try and use just Microsoft. You could do um, all Google. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to kind of pick one and stick to it. So what you're looking for is you're looking for a tool that enables you to do word processing and Excel, something that enables you to actually save your files, and then something that's going to manage your emails and your domain and that side of things. And normally from what I've seen, there's, there's two options really. It's Google Drive or Microsoft, and you might have Dropbox coupled into there. For example, in my other business, we don't use uh, OneDrive. We actually use so 365 for our emails and our word processing and that side of things, but we still use Dropbox. And there's a couple of reasons for that in that OneDrive is very much a personal file management tool and SharePoint is more of a commercial business uh, tool, but re requires a lot more complex levels of setup. So for Roy, we've actually chosen to go with Google. Um, so we've got Google, Do Google Docs for all our word processing. We've got Google Drive for all our file management. Um, and then Google also manages our emails, our user permissions, that side of things. And the whole system works really, really well together. It doesn't really matter what you use. The simple thing is try a couple, see what you like, and then stick to it. And once you've got that underway, you can be sure that all your files are going to be in one place, going to be accessible, and everything's nice and consistent across your team. The other thing is you're hiring people. People all tend to have their own preferences. So it's important that you, ha you have a clear understanding of what you use, so you can communicate this to whoever else is in the team. Uh, so they can get familiar and also use the same thing. Now I'm going to do a separate video on file management, which sounds like a really, really dull topic, and, and to be honest, it is. But it's so critical to building a successful business these days. I think it's worth its own episode. Okay, so the, the next couple of things to talk about are sort of financially orientated. So company registration, tax number, accounting software. Pretty easy, these ones. So company registration, in almost any country, it's very, very easy these days. You go on the relevant uh, company registration directory. You normally have to pay a few hundred dollars. Sometimes it's less than that. You pick a name 
and you get it registered, you file all the, all the relevant paperwork online, and it normally comes through fairly automatically. In some cases, you have to prove who the individual shareholders are, and you might need some paperwork to actually verify that. Just depends what country you're actually in. Once you've got the company itself registered, you need to look at things like uh, getting a, um, a GST or a tax number. Um, and most, in most cases, you need to get your tax number sorted out before you can go and get a bank account. So for us, because we've got four different shareholders, we had to get all of those verified and then, we, then we're in a position to go to the bank. We then have to get all of the, the shareholders re-verified uh, re at the bank. Um, and at that point, we've then got a bank account, we've got a company number, we're away. I should note that in the episode I did on brand when I was talking about domains and that side of things, you also need to check the company's office and check that there's not another company that has a similar name registered, because if there is, it's unlikely you're going to be able to get your own company name registered. Um, it's not something I've generally bumped into too much, um, but it's worth a quick check. It's also worth a quick check on the trademark website for the regions that you're going to service, just to check that that name hasn't been trademarked. Particularly, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's been trademarked in one sector and not, not the sector you're focusing on, but you don't want to go all the way down the, the path and then you get to a point where you actually need a trademark and you're going to find it very, very hard to get that. So you need to look at domain, trademark, um, and the, the company's office in terms of availability of the name. Okay, so the only other really important thing from a finance perspective is your accounting software. Um, it's wise to get your accounting software sorted right at the very beginning as soon as the company is registered. And that's because you're likely to start incurring expenses, whether that be wages, whether it be um, computer software, it could be office supplies. But it's a nightmare trying to keep all the receipts and deal with paper-based systems. It's a lot easier to use something like Xero, which is what I use, where you can simply store everything straight into Xero. You don't need to worry about receipts. You can just photo them and scan them straight through to, to the Xero and then throw the receipts away. So everything's online. It immediately creates a paper trail. So if you ever find yourself in a position where you're audited, it's all easily accessible. And then when it comes to end of year returns, your accountant can quickly go through Xero and hasn't got to do a lot of manual entry and that side of things. Pull your returns and away it goes. Okay, so the last thing to talk about today is shareholder agreements. So you've You've got a company, you've got a bank account, you've got your zero account, all that side, side of things is fine. But you need to have a shareholder agreement if, you, if there's more than one party involved in your company. And the reason behind that is a pretty obvious one. You're protecting yourself for the future. Hopefully, if you've gone into business with the right people, you're never ever going to have to touch that agreement. You can all get on and things will be fine. But we've all heard horror stories where there's disputes that happen, someone might die and their partner might take over their, um, their directorship. Could be any one of a number of reasons. So the, that's the purpose of your shareholder agreement is really as a reference point. Okay, something's happened, something's gone wrong. We can't agree on this. Let's have a look at the, the agreement we signed in the very first place and find out what we should do and, and what takes precedent here. And it enables, you might not be happy with the decision, but it enables a clear decision to be made. Now, from our side, from a Roy perspective, we um, already had a shareholder agreement that we'd used uh, previously. So for us, it was fairly easy. You get a standard shareholder agreement, and then we could change and edit things to suit our specific purposes. If you don't have that, there are a number of templates you can buy online. So if you're looking to do things, um, I guess, a little bit more cost-effectively, you could buy a shareholder agreement for your region online. You could get the bulk of it filled out, and then I would definitely take it to a lawyer. 
Um, you can go the other way around where you go to a lawyer and you get them to draft a shareholder agreement for you. To be honest, what they're going to do is the same sort of thing. They're going to get their standard off the shelf agreement. They're going to ask you lots of core questions and then they're going to get you, they're going to complete that and, and deliver it to you. In my opinion, if you're able to produce something that's 70, 80% of the way complete and take it to them, it's a lot less work for them to do, which hopefully should result in a lot less cost and mean you get something completed more efficiently. Once you've completed the shareholder agreement, obviously get all the parties to sign it, file it in your file management system, save it, and away it goes. You don't hopefully have to reference that unless something changes. Clearly, if you add more shareholders, if you increase the number of shares, if you get some investors, whatever it may well be, you're going to need to update and edit that at some stage. But for now, you can put that away and leave it alone.